uh, the Pixel 7 and the Tensor 2, this is make or break for Google. Like Google has no excuse beyond this point because they're not relying on Qualcomm for their chip. They're not, like you said, they're not a slave to it anymore. They're the masters of everything within their realm. So we can't, I agree with you, we can't have a repeat of what we have with the six. The six and what some people don't understand when I listen and, you know, read what people say. Yes, you know, every month we get an update on the Pixel. That's that's something that, that was known from the start when it came to Google Pixels. But the problem that I think that people weren't really understanding, those that were coming to Pixel's defense quickly, was that we had, it was a cluster of problems with updates. It was not only were they supposed to come at a specific time, some were delayed because it broke an option. Like I remember, was it in May or April? One of those two updates ended up being delayed after the first wave of them went out just because people were reporting more bug problems. And um, yeah, so that that was what I was talking, like, I was kind of like making mention or trying to make mention, if I said it correctly on previous videos was like, I know the Tensor has problems. With this Tensor 2, Google has had all, all the time to, to know where all the faults were, to know where where they where what they needed to change, where they needed to pivot to be different, they could fix things with the second generation tensor, because they've now had all, all these bug reports, people just reporting in left and right, whether it was on uh Pixel Superfans Facebook page or if they just directly sent it to them. Um, there's no excuse now. Google has no excuse now. If this doesn't come out right, or at least close, I would say like 95% close. If it doesn't come to that point, this is actually gonna hurt them in the worst way that they can ever imagine and would definitely hurt the Pixel phones because Pixel's now just starting to kind of get in more heads that are not the net, that are not the nerds, the geeks, just average people are more and more starting to know what a Pixel is. So this is make or break for Google. And I'm, I'm hoping that they learn their lesson like to get on the ball and to just do it right. I don't know. I feel like sometimes maybe like quality control has slipped today just because of the way that the mentality of this generation is. Yeah. Hope, hoping it's really not that, but it just seems like it is. Like, it's Man, weird. That's interesting. That's an interesting angle. Uh, super chat, first one of the evening. This one is from uh, He's Coming Soon. $10 super chat. I've had Pixels since nice. the first one, even the original Nexus. But the bugs on the Pixel 6 Pro and the slowness of updates, it's the reason I bought my S22 Ultra. While paying on the uh, six uh, Pixel Six Pro, hoping the Pixel Seven will be better. Appreciate yeah. the super chat, and uh, you know, the, a lot of people probably echo those same sentiments. Yeah, and that's not going to be, you know, that's not going to be an unusual comment. That's going to be pretty typical. And you know, you you bought a hell of a phone, the S twenty two Ultra. I mean, it's it's the pinnacle of Android hardware. I think it's yeah. pretty clear. Uh, you could make an argument, maybe a folder, a flip might be up there as well. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think I can, I don't mean to speak for you, Tito, but we look for something different as a Pixel user. You know, we yeah. we, we, we do enjoy and appreciate something unique about the Google experience. I mean, I there are so many lifestyle features that are built into the Pixel devices. It's built into the UI. It's not like you got to download an app to do it. You know, and yeah. so many things happen on the mo on the uh, on the processor level 
that allow it to be secure, that allow it to be instantaneous, not not requiring a cloud or, or whatever the case may be. Those things, right. like I, I explained this to people when the phone first dropped. The most intelligent phone on the market today is the Pixel 6 Pro. You know, when it comes to AI, when it comes to machine learning, when it comes to any type of unique function, like there's some incredible things that the iPhone can do. There are incredible things that the Galaxy devices can do. But the potential of the Pixel lineup moving forward, the ceiling is through the roof, like way up. They have to nail it. They have to execute it. But the ceiling is like doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, with with the Galaxy, like we kind of know how they move. They always just, you know, add a couple of features here, a couple of features there, put the most mm-hmm. capable hardware together, make it look sweet. You know what you can expect each year. With this type of innovation that's happening in the processing level, happening in the AI level, like Google's where you want to be when it comes to those things. So if they can execute hardware, that's where things start to come together. It's not enough to just do one thing. Yeah. Right. To to really challenge the Galaxy lineup, to really challenge what an iPhone means to people. Like if you take a look at what what the the iPhone's a vessel, it's everything else that comes with the iPhone that people want. I own iPhones. I don't like my iPhones. I don't even use them as they should be used. I use them for cellular testing because... 60% 60% of my viewers own iPhones. Yeah. That's why I own them. It may seem shallow, but I like my main SIM is not in an iPhone, it's in a Pixel. You know, and I've owned Pixels since the first ones. And I've owned, you know, the 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 Nexus devices before that. You know? And um yeah. To just kind of like close out on this point. When I look at this next generation pixel i expect to see not only improved hardware but again i want to see them take another step forward in the uniqueness of the experience like what else is it going to do that's just makes it special because i know what the iphone's going to do you know you got to buy a pro to get an extra sensor and you know i know what iphones do with video it's really good i record video on iphones i do it all the time you know but i want to see the gap close i'm a supporter of competition we already lost lg we lost HTC yeah, because people stopped buying their phones. So now I'm down yeah. to Galaxies, Pixels, and iPhones. I don't want to live in a world where my only choice is an iPhone or a Galaxy. You know yeah. what I mean? And if, and if Google Definitely. didn't have such deep pockets, what are we talking about right now? Are we even talking about a Pixel if it was any other company? I think it would have been buried a long time ago. Oh, yeah. I think... Um... For me, so like what I'm really hoping that that comes through, at least like a glimmer of light with the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro and this possible Pixel Fold, because I mean, I'm just reading up a lot of a lot of things uh, pointing to there's there's a third device uh, and, it's, and it's not the code name for the watch. So I'm really curious what this third one is. And people are calling out of the Pixel Ultra, which is kind of weird. Um, and then uh, possibly a fold and I'm leaning more towards fold just because of you know Google's partnership with Samsung uh, what they did for the the fold series on Samsung with Android 12 L um, I figured you know Samsung would be sharing their a little bit of their foldable technology secrets to Google to help them out but at, at the end of the day I'm looking for a glimmer of 
of like like you said like you know we, we look to the pixels for a different aspect than what someone would look for a samsung galaxy or for an iphone i know that their main thing is about the phone being helpful because that's my main stand on pixel phones pixel phones are to be helpful i mean that's why my avatar is a pixel with a face on it it's pretty much representing what a pixel is supposed to be like that companion of yours that can like take the offload off of you of certain things and and get it done for you um we've seen things like in the pixel 4 where they demonstrated uh project solely which is just based on the the camera following your hand gestures or your movements and res like responding to that with whatever you're doing volume control switching to a different page or something and uh, that was just a demo in, in pixel 4 that's why it hasn't come back it hasn't come back because there's still a lot more to build upon that but that is in the future for google pixel phones once it's once it's developed to a point where it's where it's out of beta and ready to be used by the world, you can expect that in a future Pixel phone, like that technology in there. And that's why I'm like so gunning for Google to get it right with their own chip. We've been asking for it for a long time. We finally have it now. And I just kind of like call out the hypocrisy and some people that used to call out for, hey, Google, make your own chips like iPhone does. And then when they do it, like, because we have one problem with the, the 6 and 6 Pro, it's not really one problem, but like one big debacle with it. They're so quick to say, give up, go back to Qualcomm. Like, no, that's not the answer. The answer is to point out the problems, put it in Google's face. So they have no choice now, but to correct it, fix it, make it better in the next implementation of what they're building. That's how I look at it. Yeah. The, uh, another super chat. This one is also from he's coming soon. Appreciate the generosity. Thanks for supporting the channel. My awesome. biggest thing with the Pixel is the lack of carrier and OEM crapware. Now with four to five years of updates, I hope I can return to the Pixels. I agree. Those are really positive points to the phones. The mm -hmm. long-term support, right? OS updates, long-term, yep. and then also the security patches that will continue as long as you pretty much own and operate the phone. Uh, the hardware will die before the software stops getting some form of security patches. Uh, yeah. Additionally... The lack of crapware that you're referring to is part of the reason why I think me and Tito also enjoy the phones. It's, I guess we could say it's the Google version of an iPhone or the, yeah. the Android version of an iPhone because, you know, it can kind of have that no OEM is going to, you know, step in here and, or, uh, you know, no carrier is going to step in here and, you know, start putting in a bunch of apps just because they're using a carrier's SIM card or yeah. whatever. So, um, I mean, that, that's just one plus. You know, that's one check mark on the pro side of it. But again, for yeah. me, it's I'm looking down the line. I'm, I'm looking beyond even the 7. I'm now looking forward to the 8 and saying, once I get the 7 in my hands, what can it do? What do I look forward to in the next generation? The evolution of the smartphone, the, the evolution of the AI and the intelligence of what it could do. You know, I'm, I'm no longer thinking to myself, I just need it to take good video. No, what what can it do special with the video? You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. how about the fact that nobody talks about this? My Google Pixel 6 Pro has the best recorded audio out of all my phones. I have a Galaxy S series. I have yeah. three iPhones. The best audio sound is coming out of my Pixel 6 Pro. So what happens in, in this next generation? Don't we expect it to get better? What if the audio codec that comes in the recording software, what if that's improved? Noise cancellation. What if, you know, what if it gives a, a fuller, you know, volume room experience? What if it's got some kind of a, 
a built-in AI that senses the type of reverberations having with voice tone and then it adjusts it. You know, like, yeah. these are the things I'm talking about. Like, I, I'm not going to box in a phone that we're, we're in the green field nature of this, right? Yeah. And uh, we need them. You don't have to buy a, in a, a Google phone, right? Nobody out there, we're not, we're not out here being politicians for Google's phone. <laughs> you need the Google phone to get really good really fast so your iPhone can get really good really fast and so can your galaxies. Yeah. They all It becomes an evolutionary arms race. New features come to market. Those other manufacturers start to copy it. They want to take a leap ahead and be beyond it. They'll never innovate if there's only one company making devices that are in first place. We need them going back exactly. and forth, trading blows. You yeah, know what I mean that 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 invigorates me right there. Just just hearing you say that because that's that's the one thing that I think is missing today when it comes to to just you know mobile smartphones in general. That that comp that competition, like like I threw out, I threw out a thing on Twitter, and I think it was um, I was responding to to Ace because Ace had had posted a tweet talking about the uh, 14 Pro's um, dynamic island. And I was like, I, I threw a thing in there, like, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a real good implementation of like how to take that negative space that some people would call a negative space and, and utilize it, make something out of it. And all those how they show the notification demos for that on how the dynamic island works, I think is great. And I and I said that, you know, leave it to one of the the Android OEMs to adopt that. <laughs> I know that most people would be like, no, because I don't think they'll do it right. And hey, they may not do it right, but you know, I just would love to see more of like the competition really kind of beef up, not in just the camera department, um, but you know, just in, in everything else. Like when you talked about, you know, what else can we expect in future pixels when it comes to it? Like you mentioned audio. And I think um I think one of the things that I would really want to see with the audio, like you said with AI, would be for it to um to really kind of like like execute getting rid of the background noise. Because it kind of does that. You have that mode in the camera when you're recording video that it kind of like locks in to you when you're speaking and tries to like blur out a lot of the background noise. But for it to beef that up a little bit more and execute it and even pinpoint certain things, maybe you don't want like the airplane that's flying in your video in 15 minutes to be in the background noise and it can take that out. Like those types of things I'm like thinking that the pixels can do if Google executes building a proper chip that can handle those processes. What's up, Tito? What's up, Dennis? What up? What's going man? on? <laughs> Not much. Happy to be a part. Happy to get to talk to you, Tito. Uh, I want to. Hey. I want to take it a step back. That you highlighted my comment, which was awesome. But Sneed, you were talking about how, or uh, sorry, excuse me, Tito. You specifically said how um, a lot of people, when uh, Google releases a product, says to just give up and go back to Qualcomm whenever like they make mm -hmm. a mistake on making like an inferior chip or a modem, whatever. Um, I think that that message gets a little bit misconstrued by people. I, I don't think it's that people have a problem with Google experimenting and developing their own chip, right? Like a mm -hmm. lot of people get excited about Samsung making the Exynos products. The bigger problem, at least for me personally, and I think there, there's going to be a good amount of people that are like me, is that we don't want to pay a premium price for a, a, a work in prog a work in progress product, so to speak. Like Google yeah. Pixel. Like whenever Google transitioned to the Pixel lineup, that's when they started 
trying to orient their product as a more premium product akin to an iPhone as a true flagship and charging a more premium price. And due to the nature of how carrier deals work, when it comes to the pixels, they tend to be even more expensive than their true flagship counterparts. So it makes it a harder pill to justify. And when you're paying that kind of money, you have different expectations than say, with something that comes like say the Pixel 4a, for example, which I think came in at like 350 when it released, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's my that's my one sticking point um, is that basically Pixel's trying to make a they're charging flagship pricing without delivering flagship uh, hardware and experience. Gotcha. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I I see that too, and that is that is some of the um where I dabble at because I'll, I'll I'll admit to everybody, one of the things I kind of do is go into like Reddit pages like Reddit things and read what people are going back and forth on so when you guys hear me in my own videos talking about you know the chat forum i'm referencing reddit and yeah you know i see where people are coming from with that basically um charge well i don't know about the pixel 6 being charged at a flagship price when it launched the pro was was reaching towards that area or is kind of in that area and i understand that right you don't want to pay um for what you would pay for a different brand's flagship but you're kind of dealing with the Frankenstein monster, right? Like they're experimenting to try to put this body together to give it life. So yeah, I can I can see where your perspective is, is on that. Um, the ones that I'm referring to are the ones that are specifically saying like, go back to Qualcomm. Like not because they feel like that, you know, the pricing of the phone or whatever, but because of the performance wise and thinking that it's just not going to cut it or looking at it in this perspective where it's like, the Pixel 6 and the 6 Pro should have been like the Galaxy S22 Ultra, specifically exactly like it. Because there are those who feel that way. Like, it's like looking at a device and hoping it to be something else. Like someone that looks at a, like, a, like an Android phone and hoping it to be an iPhone. It will never be an iPhone and it will never be iOS. And yeah, if your the, mind's... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, just to play devil's advocate, though, mm-hmm. it could be argued that while it's awesome that companies like Google want to try to dream and, and innovate and do cool things, they need to at least, at the very least, meet industry standard. I think an argument can be had, right? Like, in the mm-hmm. Android space, I think we can all agree that Samsung basically sets the bar for what is the gold standard of excellence in the Android phone space. Like, they've kind of taken that that sort of role. Uh, Apple, iPhones, generally speaking take that kind of baseline rule as like a whole for the phone industry just in, at least in the u.s anyway um from like an adoption standpoint so i think google has an obligation to be on par with or better than industry standard for most general purpose things and that that comes down yeah. to like software support um you know messaging pictures um performance of the actual chipset for like apps and stuff like it needs to at least meet that benchmark and that's yeah. an area where Pixel, generally speaking, has failed. All right, so yeah. I, let's let's go back in time. Let's go back to the Nexus devices. For over a half a decade, Google didn't make hardware. They had OEMs make phones for them. Where did it get them? Nowhere. Android went nowhere. Google phones as Nexus devices went nowhere. The fanfare was always from the enthusiast. It was always from a niche community from within smartphone technology enthusiasts. It got them nowhere. Google knew that. They decided to take matters into their own hands. 
What did Google do? They purchased a manufacturing team. They literally bought a dedicated camera team. Not only that, what else did they do? They they bought HTC. They they, yeah, and so they bought HTC. They made their own Google Pixel 1. It was a good phone. It wasn't a great phone, but it was their first phone that they built, right? Yeah. The 2 was better than the first one. And people were complaining about the, the panels and all of that, the displays. They just sunk in millions and billions of dollars into LG. Investing in LG so they could make better display panels so they had a competitor against Samsung for their panels. That's a long-term investment. Let's keep talking strategy here. They went from paying companies to make phones for them to making their own phones to investing in camera technology and software teams. Now their photography is the best. Now they got a company, a design team, designing phones. Then they actually say, well, okay, we've hit our ceiling again. We're going nowhere. Let's try this. Let's make our own chip. If anything, Google is basically trying to do the impossible and probable, and that's topple an industry that fights them from innovating. People literally say, I'm only getting an iPhone. So there's one thing that Google has to compete against. And then people say, I'm not getting a Galaxy. I'm going to keep buying Samsung. Look at what happened to LG. They're gone. Look at what happened to HTC. They're gone. Motorola has literally been shoved in the back of the room to just sell mid-rangers and entry-level phones. Nobody will buy a flagship Moto because they say the same thing. I'm not paying $900 or $1,000 for a Moto. You see what I'm saying? They're literally trying to do the impossible. Well, I'm glad... They're trying to topple an entire industry, and we need them. And you don't have to buy one, but you need them to create this some kind of a jockeying for position within the industry and i'm telling you google has done almost the impossible almost and that they have innovated to try something different each time with each phone i'm telling you dog what they have done is nothing short or if they are to complete it which is make their own chip and make it do something unique because as i'm looking at it right now the ceiling for google's phones is way higher than the ceiling of either the iPhones or the Galaxies. Both of the iPhones and the Galaxies are better than today's Google phones. But the ceiling is higher on the Google phones, and they're investing in the future. They just have to start nailing the hardware. So there's two things I want to say real quick, because I'm glad you brought up strategy. We got to remember, Google's main bread and butter here is they're a software company. They're not necessarily known as being a hardware company. And the whole reason that Nexus sort of even existed in the first place was to, for all intents and purposes, act as a medium to encourage the adoption of specific technology so they could do the cool things within their software. It was sort of like the the test phones of stores. The test phone. Um, When Google decided to go all in on the Pixel line and, and start doing that as their own thing... It's fine if it's for that if it was going to be for that moto like that model of like thought, 
But what ended up happening was they ended up causing friction with their other OEM partners. Like there was some serious friction between Samsung and Google behind the scenes that was going on there for a few years. I remember and, that. And, and some of the decisions that they've been making by making uh, things pixel exclusive from like an actual software standpoint, like say Google's uh, photography lens, like APIs and stuff, actually hurts the broader Android sphere as a whole for what Android was originally intended to be from its inception. So it kind of goes against what Google. But there's no OEMs anymore. There's Samsung. Where you, where you, yeah, that's it. Samsung wants to do their own thing, anyways. But Samsung, the whole reason... is the, Samsung was the first company to want to deviate from Android. You want them? You want them to move back towards Google? Yeah, but the whole reason why that became so in vogue so much more quickly and so much stronger was because of that back end traction. Like if you go back to, if you go back in time with Samsung. They were at originally at first more cool with like doing things by the books with Google until Google started playing hardball on certain features, right? Or not? What year, a, or, would, what year would that have been? Or which phone generation? I suppose. I would say, I would say around Galaxy S seven, S eight, somewhere in that time frame. Isn't that when the Exynos chips were starting to be in use? That would be Galaxy S7s when it was the one and only year. Galaxy S6 and S7 were the two years that Samsung, I believe, did Exynos models. So they dabbled with bringing their own modems to the continent. They dabbled with doing things their own way. That's when the rumors were picking up that they were going to be doing their own OS. Right? Oh, Titan. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Th this is an era where Samsung literally tried to buck the trend. I think you've got it backwards. I think you're saying that Google was trying to kick Samsung to the curb. I think it was the other way around. It was Samsung trying to shake Google. Yeah, no, I because that. well, the reason why I'm uh, saying against no, go ahead, well, go ahead. The reason why I'm saying against that sneeze is because the S8 is when Samsung went all in on doing like having their own app store to take away revenue and stuff from Google and started really like running home with things like before they would just have a couple custom apps but they were still in the google play store like everything's still interacted now samsung has developed i would say they've developed to the point now where like they're almost their own os like it's using it's using android but it's so re far removed now at this point because of the divergence of google making these exclusive things for pixel and because samsung started pushing away they're almost like two different os's at this point how long does it take to develop what samsung was doing with the s8 generation how long do you think they had been working on those things like trying to shift away from google trying to move towards their own thing probably two, probably three two years. or three years yeah exactly yes. i agree with you 100 percent, dude you're right but at that's also when the pixel years. came out is what i'm saying like pixel started back in so, so if Google makes a phone, that automatically automatically means they're trying to kick Samsung out of the bed. But that's when the that's when that's when Google started changing and restricting things, right? The first pixels. What advantage, were... Dennis? What advantage would Google have kicking Samsung in the nuts? Ask Google, because that's what happened. No, <laughs> I, I think that's your perception, but I don't think that's true. They, ne they never said, Samsung, you better get your OS together because we're moving on from you. We're not going to be supporting your hardware. I, I don't think it was like that. It's more like, okay, Steve, it'd be like this, okay? You have your awesome bakery, right? Mm -hmm. It would be like if I came into your town 
right? Like all these years, I was your supplier for your baked good products, right? Like, you know, we had a great relationship. I was helping supply, you know, the awesome soda that I love drinking from your place and everything like that. <laughs> I'm your supplier, right? Right. And I was supplying everyone else in the, in the, in the state of Ohio with this awesome soda, right? But then I come in right next to your shop and I'm like, you know what? I don't. I don't know why I'm relying on you, Sneed. I'm going to come in and do it my way. And I make my own bakery right next to yours. And while doing so, I come out with new flavors of that soda that's super popular. And I say it's only exclusively can be purchased at my shop, not yours. How would you take that? Like, yeah, you're still able to sell my original blend. But now I got all these new flavors that you're not allowed to get. Or if you do get, you're going to get access to it like a year or two later. Yeah, but I don't, I don't even know if that's precisely the same example. Again, Google is not like they're they're not forcing Samsung's hand just because they're making a device. Why is it okay for Samsung to to make a device but Google no? Like I don't I don't see how is that good? Look, I guess the gist of what I'm trying to get at so I can keep it short is I don't have a problem with Google making a phone. That's not the issue. The problem is that when they did that, they changed the mentality of how they started interacting with other OEMs, primarily Samsung in this use case, by making and developing specific features exclusive to the Pixel that Samsung doesn't get access to. Nobody else gets access to. If someone entered the market, they don't get access to it. So then why would anybody ever own a Google phone if there's nothing unique about it? Well, now we got to go fast forward into the future with how Pixel changed, right? Now Samsung actually gets the first access to certain updates, and, and Google's been sloppy with their updates on um, on Pixel, right? It's changed now. No, it's but always it, been the same. They all get access to the Android operating systems at the same time. It's just how fast they want to. No, there were specific features that Samsung got exclusive access to that still didn't make their way to Pixel. I can't think of what it is right now on my S22 Ultra, but there was definitely something I remember when the S22 came out. It's an Android. It's it's Android features that are exclusive to Samsung, but not the Google Phone. Mm-hmm. There was it's something. Not a, you sh- okay, so it's a Samsung feature, not no, an Android. No, it, it was developed by Google. I think it had to do with Duo. If I remember correctly, I think I had to do with Google Duo. There was something that Samsung got access to at first with Google Duo. I'm trying Google to think Pixel. about what that is. I'll have uh, to. I'll pull up an article while we're talking. I know there was a thing. Mm. Yeah. Never heard of this. Uh, big shout out to Anwar. Anwar, thank you for that super chat, bro. Appreciate it. He said, "Well, well, well." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Yes, yeah, so we we talk pixels, we talk galaxies, we talked iPhones. I want I actually I want to do um I want to do a little postpaid prepaid, a little bit. Uh huh. All right, so I do all things postpaid. I'm actually probably gonna start doing a little bit of prepaid. I haven't tested visible in a long time. I want to say Good maybe 2020 or 2019 maybe. Um. I, I think I got to give it a new run, man, because I haven't tested it with ultra wideband. Um, yeah, I haven't. I haven't tested it on millimeter wave, and I haven't tested it on the. Uh, okay, I, I got the, the article C-band. for you. I got the article for you. It was with Google Duo. Sneed. Uh back back going from Galaxy S twenty onwards, uh, Google implemented Google Duo native integration into Samsung's dialer before it even made its way to the uh, Pixel line. Like Samsung got think... first first priority access to that. Old now I understand. Them. Now I understand. So it, it, it has to be because the Galaxy, like the number of Galaxy phones on the market are, is so high that that 
took precedence in development. Don't you think that's what it is? I mean, yes, and I'm saying, and that's the reason why it happened. But when Pixel first came out, that wasn't the mentality. Pixel tried doing Pixel first, it failed. Samsung continued to get market share. Now Google's doing Samsung priority, right? So, like, you know, you were talking about how Samsung failed with their ties and stuff back in like the S7 and S8 when we were talking about that stuff, and they went. Well, back. I don't. It's not that it failed; they pulled the plug. Yeah. You know, you decide if something fails. You know, when you cut the cut the cord on it, that's that's the company's decision. They could have walked away from Android and just did Tizen. Yeah. They could have. They just had to go all in and just do it. You know, you like there comes like a time and and this is you know anything where something systematically has changed, you either pivot or you lose. If it came down to it and and you know Samsung literally said you know Google we can't take this, this isn't good for us. We don't we don't agree with these terms or whatever. They literally create a new. They have to create a new ecosystem, an app system. All their apps have to literally mirror Android, right? And then they have to support all their user base on all that app support, OS updates, security patches. They have to provide everything, right? They're going to be doing all the hosting. They're going to be doing all the cloud operating. They're going to have to set up everything. You know what I'm saying? They weren't ready to do that, clearly. They could have if they really felt compelled to. They could have, but they probably realized, holy crap, this is hard. And it's probably in our best interest to just keep things kosher. Let's just do what we do on this side for now, unless things fundamentally change. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know where to go with this. I kind of made my, I played my devil's advocate point. I don't know where to go. Well, the the other, so no problem. So, the you know, moving over kind of back to this postpaid prepaid thing i'm thinking about giving visible a test i just tested xfinity mobile and i got my long-term review coming out on that big shout out to dennis appreciate you bro i've uh, been testing it for a while now what, what has it been dennis how long i'd say it's been about at least four months five months wow maybe. wow okay i was gonna say at least three billing cycles at least <laughs> so i've got a good grasp on what that network experience is like and I'm ready to do my long-term review. I'm probably going to do it this weekend. And I tested a lot of stuff. I got some video content that's in the vault that I'll probably be dropping here in the next you know, couple of days. I'm going to have one video this week and then maybe one by the end of the week. So we'll see uh, when that drops. So stay tuned for that. But um, Looking I think forward it's time it. for... Yeah, man. I want to do a... So here's the thing. I wanna... I've been testing T-Mobile, so I don't know how compelled it... I should be to test Google Fi. Maybe just to kind of see the priority difference or, you know, the routing or, or something like that. Hotspot. Maybe I could test some of those features out. But I'm really more inclined to test, say, for example, Visible. Yeah. I feel like uh, a lot of people have watched my Visible reviews. Like, if you look at some of my videos, like 40,000, 50,000, 80,000 views on some of my Visible coverage. Like, I did an unboxing of the freaking SIM card and the installation activation, and it got like 20,000 views. Oh, and nice. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, literally, it was an experimental video. Like, does anybody even want to see this? And it turned out to be, yeah, people want to watch this. So um, I'll probably do like a second review. It'll be like an updated review. And yeah, I'll test the ultra wideband, the millimeter wave, the C band. I'll test the LTE, the DSS, 5G stuff. 
You should test uh, the premium plan versus the not premium plan to see how much of a difference it makes. Yeah, yeah and that's idea. actually what I want to do. I want to compare, and what I'll do is I'll start with that $30 plan. The following month, I'll upgrade to the $45 plan. No, 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 no. You got it wrong. You got it wrong, Steen. I'm saying get both of them simultaneously. So get both of them simultaneously so you can compare them side by side and see what kind of difference it makes in your experience. And you know what would make it even more interesting? If your wife could somehow, on different days for you, swap in the sim so it's a blind test. On like maybe like for like one week. I mean, Dennis, one I know week, how to be objective. Like I don't, I don't need a blindfold, man. I know, but one week it's you doing it side by side, and then I just think for fun, it could be extra content, a blind test. Wifey sauce throws in, you know, one of the Sims. Mm -hmm. Maybe she throws in the Verizon postpay one day, then it's like the visible prepaid, and see if you notice a difference in your day to day. I'm gonna tell you why I want to do a visible review, like an updated review. Sure. In my market. Verizon is very good. So I'm not worried or concerned about like congestion or whatever else people are dealing with. It's it's not going to be an issue. Also, they moved their routing. Like when you look at their um, how they're doing like their actual like server connectivity, it's moved from cloud services that are unique to visible and they've just gone through I I guess I suppose it's really just the Verizon core and it's decreased latencies in a big way. So Oh, yeah. People were, we're seeing latencies in the hundreds, sometimes up to a thousand, from what I understand, when it's really bad. Uh, now yeah, people before. are seeing it like in the fifties, like which is like more along the lines of like prepaid latency, right? Yeah. And with the five G access now, like the like the real ish five G access, millimeter wave, you know, C band. The the lines are starting to blur between postpaid and prepaid. If you've got the the right phone with the right type of tower gear that's in your market, like I'm starting to see so much of the five G ultra wideband that it's gonna feel a lot like my postpaid Verizon. I that's what I'm predicting. I'm not saying for sure. I'm just saying like with with the upgrades, I, I'm I'm guessing it might feel like a pretty good experience. So because like even before my only real gripe is 480p video res playback is rough. That's yeah. my problem with pretty much any plan. Any plan that's on 480, in my opinion, sucks. I don't think 480p should be acceptable in 2022. It's not even the resolution that's the problem. It's the fact of how they're getting that forced resolution to happen, which is through a hard, hard bandwidth throttle. That's the bigger issue. But, Sneed, I do have to disagree with you. Um, at I months ago I would have agreed with you about ultra wideband making this blurred line between priority and not priority like go away. But in my recent experience with Verizon here in Pittsburgh getting more congested on the C band, I've seen a reintroduced importance to what's having... congested on C band, Dennis. What's congested? Yeah, how would you define congestion? <sighs> Considering the bandwidth that it was getting at around launch which was like 500 to 700 meg on average i would say anything that gets into like the 50 meg territory is pretty congested for for c-band considering that we're not even like that far into it would that be too far off i mean i i respect the high standard of excellence so i mean i, I mean you got my support in that i think we got to really evaluate these networks hard but uh 
I mean, I mean look, 50 I'm, meg if I'm just is using still... the phone and I'm invisible and I'm getting 50 meg towards video res playback. Look, 50 meg is usable. Don't get me wrong. But the reason why I'm sending that mark for the mid-band 5G specifically is because if we start getting any lower than that, we're talking LT performance, right? Like, good LT performance, but still LT performance, yes? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, the reason why I use that as an example, okay, is because I've had the opportunity to test deprioritize Verizon. As you know, I've been doing some of my own testing behind the scenes of different MVNOs. And I can tell you that on these congested cell sites during congested times of day, I can see the deprio kick in on the C-band aggressively. So my Verizon get more plan may be pulling like 100 meg. Meanwhile, the deprioritized MVNO of my testing may only be getting like 15 meg. May only be getting like 25 meg. On 5G ultra wideband? Yes. Sheesh. So the deprioritization is kicking in. They've started to manage it more. So here's how I want to evaluate the visible when I test it. I actually, I kind of want to do it this way. I don't really want to speed test too much. Like I'll speed test when I see sites or upgrades, but I just want to use the phone. And I want to use it like I use my postpaid lines. That's consuming high quality video, setting the bar so I kind of know what my expectations should be. If Verizon sells, their average postpaid line is $80 or $90 a month, right? 70, well, welcome unlimited, start unlimited, do more, play more, get more. When I do all the, I mean, 70 to 90 bucks. This is coming in at what, 30? So somewhere between 60% less or, or whatever in cost, what am I getting? What is my experience? I really don't want to do too much speed testing when I'm evaluating the actual functionality of the network access. The speed testing might be interesting to some where I'm like, okay, well, let me test the postpaid priority and then this this Verizon deprioted version. Yeah, that, that I, that's part of it. But to me, Dennis, I want to evaluate this. How's my video playback? Is the video buffering? How is my music playback? Is it continuous? How is the uplink? Am I able to make video calls? I live streamed from my house to Smithville, Ohio, through the cornfields of Ohio, live streaming on Visible on an iPhone 11, or no, what was it, a 10s Max at the time. My nice. postpaid T-Mobile line couldn't do that. My AT&T postpaid line was having trouble with the uplink. I was getting disconnected frames. Because the uplink was the problem. See, I want to do those things. I think so, that that's your real world testing, and it'll probably be good. But if you get into the nitty gritty and like the actual numbers, it'll look rough. But that's just one piece of it, Dennis. Yeah. Right? I want to do the whole shebang. Actually, I'll be honest with you, man. Ninety percent of the testing I'll have for that month when I try the service, ninety percent of it's not going to be speed testing. Fair I want to test the hotspot. I want to test the tethering. Yeah. You know, I, I want to connect, like, a laptop and a TV and test it. Oh, you're going to you have know, a bad time. Well, I want to try. What What is 5 megabits? It's still 5 megabits per second for the yeah. hotspot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to see what can 5 megabits do on one device. What can 5 megabits do when I got two devices? If it buffers, we have our answer. 
Yeah, right? five meg, fails, one device. Yeah. Five meg, one device. You'll be glorious. Five meg on two devices. You're gonna start feeling sad if you're trying to watch like a YouTube video while doing something else. But look, Sneed, I'll just say this, man. If you really want to stress test the, uh, the if you want to put your ultra wideband um, thing comment to the test, just run a speed test on your postpaid line whenever you're doing something on the visible line, but it doesn't have any priority left. Right. Well, and you'll, I want to test speed step. I want to test LTE. I want to test 5G DSS. I want to test C band. I want to test millimeter wave. Those are the things I want to do. Right. Like you're talking about how it's like pull on the same time, see what happens at the priority level. Those things I'm interested in. Right. Fair, fair. Also, to Andrew's comment, I actually so I agree with the first part, but about the part where people will stress visible, I actually disagree. If you look at visible's subreddit, a lot of people that end up on getting visible would be what I would consider to be heavy data users. So they're they're using and some of them are using this as like a home internet replacement. I would consider that to be stress pretty stressful testing of the network. I um, did that for like four months. I used visible as my um my I used a hotspot to power all my IOTs. Crazy enough as it is, it actually it it worked per se. It was when I got on Stadia and started playing. <laughs> everything started to glitch around it was this the pre the pre uh, latency improvement yeah this is pre latency improvement so this wasn't on the new plans the, the, with the with the switch over and everything this was on the older one this was last year <laughs> yeah i mean visible's new plans are going to be is pretty close to a verizon proper experience i would say um and if your network is good in your area, it's probably going to be fine. But it still has its certain drawbacks. Like, topic of the hotspot, right? Like, like the hotspot, for example. 5 meg. Great if you're in a pinch. The fact that it's uncapped, really, really cool. Right? But, like, you're not going to be able to do what I think you're expecting to be able to do on its need with, like using your hotspot to do a live stream with proper video and everything like we did uh two nights ago i think it was when your fiber was down and you were testing that like that's not going to be a thing like gaming on it probably also not going to be a thing uh realistically speaking like not because five meg isn't enough for online gaming just because wireless inherently has some latency dependent issues as i've talked about on this show before and that's what's most important for gaming right yep um, video streaming. I mean, regardless of plan that you get from Visible, as other people are commenting, it's capped at two meg. Regardless of plan, regardless of what you're connected to, it's throttled to the two meg because that's the decision that Visible made, which makes Visible a poor plan if you're looking to be a consumer of mass amounts of content. Can you deal with it? Sure. Will it work? Sure. But it's not going to be a great experience. You know. I mean, that's that would be a sensible prediction. But I, I, I actually want to test it, though. I want to see. I want to upload videos. I want to live stream. I want to tether. I want to consume video. You know, the hot spotting and stuff like that. Try a laptop. Try a TV. Try a phone. Try an iPad. I'm going to try it all. And I'm going to do ultra-wideband. You know, like... Cleveland, when it comes to cellular networking here, 
it's phenomenal. I want to kind of get to the point where it's like, you can have visible in Cleveland, and it feels, acts, behaves like Verizon. It might end up saving someone money if they see the content I create, and they're like, well, wait a minute. I'm okay with 480p video resolution playback. If everything else is par for the course, I can live with that for $30 a month on a single line. You know, and their expectations are fair. If they feel so compelled, they can go to the $45 per month, right? Or if they really want to get jiggy with it, they can just do the 30 buy a VPN for 5 or $6 a month or something. Isn't that what they cost these days? A decent one? Yeah, I mean, you can get it for cheaper than that. I mean, if you... A couple like, of bucks a month, maybe, 2 $3 on a promotion or something. Well, I was going to say for PIA, you can get, like, three years for, like, 50 bucks. Yeah, whatever it is. They run all these promotions with VPNs. You know, there's people that are savvy and can find ways to save money. You know, but everybody... Everybody has... There's fanfare invisible. It's not a company that a lot of people know about. Like, it's not as well-known as Cricket. It's not as well-known as Metro. But, like, the people that have it absolutely adore it. It's it it's works. crazy. The fanfare for Visible is nuts. I mean, so, like, we wanted to talk about Visible a little bit on the show. And, like, Tito, what else are you using right now? Are you still on uh, using a Metro line? Are you still doing Boost Mobile? So, I remember those were in the rotation with Google Fi as well. It's kind of funny. So, I I have Visible, uh, but it's, it's on the Legacy. I haven't switched it over. I have uh, Metro. Google Fi, and then the other day, like I opened three of the network past ninety day T Mobile lines, <laughs> so okay. I have like a bunch of phones active. Um, to what you were saying about Visible, and like you know, people who discover Visible and use it, I guess for me, I would say the reason why that maybe they're they're fanning out on it is because it it works really good, at least for my experience on it. Um, where I used to work at at Carvana, because I don't work with them anymore. But where I used to work at over there, in that building, nothing worked from T-Mobile to AT&T. But my visible line, I could be talking to the missus on the phone on my lunch break, walk into the building, get in an elevator where usually everything else kills out, stay on that call in the elevator all the way to the ninth floor, get out where still data doesn't work for T-Mobile in the building, visible is still holding on strong. It's like when you have that type of experience... I mean, regarding regardless of like the video playback and everything, being able to message out, phone call out and in, that's for me, it worked. That's what sold me on on visible being good, especially with all the, the the stuff they've done here in Phoenix with the upgrades. It's just made it a lot better. So I think that's probably the reason why that like though that fan out on, on visibles because the experience seems a little bit better than what you would expect from prepaid, even though it is prepaid. And it's not going to be top tier like Verizon Postpaid. Well, so so let's let's ask this question. I'll start with Dennis. Dennis, is the thirty dollars visible plan worth thirty dollars? Oh, um, am I ignoring all the issues with customer service and everything else? Just like the plan itself. Then yes. Okay, and is the forty-five dollars plan worth its value? Absolutely, more so than the thirty. Hundred percent. Okay, I see where you're at with this. Is there anything else you want to comment in terms of visible and like what all comes with it? Um, it was more so of a, a comment with in regards to what Tito was saying, which had to do with calling. I was just gonna in, in the premium aspect. 
I was just going to say any carrier or any MBNO that's using the Verizon network is going to have exceptional calling and texting. I feel like that is something that Verizon has convinced me that they have very well down packed, if anything else. So yeah. anybody, anybody that does that's going to have a good calling experience. Uh, in terms of the premium experience, though, on prepaid, you can absolutely find a premium experience on prepaid. In fact, honestly, uh, the perfect example of that in my mind is U.S. Mobile. U.S. Mobile, 100 gigs of priority data, 50 gigs of hotspot. You get the streaming perks on the family plan. Incredible app, awesome support, arguably better than Verizon's own. Like, that's a premium experience to me, and it comes in at about the same price and as visible. Or, and Sneed may disagree with me on this one, but I think Xfinity Mobile is offering a pretty premium experience as well on the Verizon network. I mean, you got the phone financing as an option like you would at a traditional postpaid carrier. I mean, I guess it's not really prepaid, but yeah, I don't I know. Don't, which... I don't disagree with you, Dennis. I just because my experience wasn't great with it doesn't mean I can't acknowledge what they're doing with value. I think it's great. I agree. I, I think it's a great point to bring up U.S. Mobile, but that's an even lesser known brand than Visible, right? Yeah, U.S. Mobile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess my, I guess my issue is I just have real qualms like. Visible addressed some major issues that they have with the service, and I think the new plans are fantastic. It's the everything else about Visible that I have a main issue with. Like, you can go on their subreddit right now, and their support is just—it's real rough. And they're yeah, uh, they're bad. And and their security is real rough. And I would I would not. My biggest problem with Visible is nothing to do with the pricing or the plan. It's that I wouldn't have the faith or the trust to actually put a primary number on there. Like, and that's my benchmark for like if I'm willing to recommend someone. Like, legitimately, I would have confidence and safeness in putting my primary number on like US Mobile. They got 2FA, they got their security down packed, the app is clean, everything seems legit about it. Visible, I'm gonna be wondering if I'm gonna lose my number porting it in because they've had issues with port-ins since day one of Visible's launch where it just gets stuck in this like frozen state and your number gets lost or porting out so even internal yeah internal moving from moving from visible to verizon post pain and uh my missus when she tried that she lost her number that she had for like eight years yep and that's just one of many things that i can draw upon as examples of why i have a very difficult time recommending visible unless it's with this phrase if you're looking for the cheapest possible unlimited plan you pick visible that is what they are anything else outside of that and it becomes hard for me to recommend i'm still mad at them they <laughs> um the video i posted about them and what they did um to a family member of mine that was kind of messed up so i will warn people that if you're on the legacy plan and you're still within a party group because i know they're not they're not killing out the party pay if you stay in the legacy until the beginning of next year is what I'm told or supposed to continue on just flip-flopping back and forth with that so I'm not too sure but if you fail to pay your bill on time and you go a day past your bill day and then you pay it if you have like you know how they had the uh, promotion and you can get your bill for five bucks for referrals once you go past the day that you're supposed to pay it and it turns off your service when you go back into the app to pay the bill it'll charge you five bucks your service will, may not restore and you may see it switch and say that you owe 25 and it doesn't matter how hard you argue with them about it they're going to stand firm that you got to pay 25 to get your services back on which is basically 30 bucks but the person that didn't get their line back on they still haven't been migrated over to the 30 dollar plan 
which they thought was going to happen since they paid 25 more plus the five they paid earlier that day. It was we got, weird. Um, we got a super chat. This one came in a while ago, but I want to sneak it in here. This one from Josh. Congrats on the 20,000 SMT. Thanks very much, man. I appreciate the super chat donation and the uh, the congratulations on the achievement from the SMT Nation. Uh, proud of you guys. Thanks for all the support, everything you do. We hit 20,000 yesterday. And uh, big milestone for the SMT Nation. Job well yeah. done. You guys are incredible. Thank you for all that you do. Dude, I saw that on Twitter that you mm-hmm. hit uh, 20,000. And the first thing that came to my mind, to be honest with you, I remember a conversation that we had about two years ago. And you were talking about that when you first got on, on YouTube and you were, you were you were starting to build your channel up, that, you know, how nobody wanted to, to collaborate with you. It was hard to get people to collaborate with you. And JG was, you know, helping you out, letting you take over his channel and such. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, if anyone... If, if anyone questions like you here on YouTube and the, and the value and the things that you bring to everybody, they need to go and visit the conversation we had on the live stream because I look at that and I'm like, wow, he went from then where he was like, you know, trying to build a community, trying to interact with other people and people weren't giving you a chance to like where you're sitting now and just how much people like how many people know, like it's, it's, it's crazy. You just say Sneed and everyone, boom, knows you on social media. It's crazy. Hey, man, it's, uh, I mean, it's it's an honor. It's a privilege to kind of hit this this mark. I've said it time and time again. It's really it's really a, um, a community achievement. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I look at myself as a, as a vessel, right? I'm just, I'm like the engine, but you guys are the car. You know what I mean? Like, it's the community and what they, they like, and it's what they do. They consume and interact with the content. You know, it's whether really it's good. Like speed I enjoy testing videos it. or podcasts, like these are all the things I love to do. You know, so you guys being a part of it and supporting me, you know, it keeps me motivated. It, it gives me energy to do it. I mean, anybody can do anything. You know, where you choose to allocate your time is up to you. You know, I chose to build something, and you guys joined me, and you hopped along for the ride. You know what I'm saying? And I'm glad that you did, and I thank you all for all the support. Steve, do you want to know what my favorite thing is, though? What's your favorite thing, Dennis? I think it's... I think my favorite thing, personally, is that a lot of the early subscribers, like, pre-1000, have ended up also becoming legitimate content creators in the community, and you actually have them on. Like, I was a part of that, Tito was a part of that, Pete was a part of that, Mm -hmm. and... I'm trying to think of other people that you've had on. I'm just blanking, and I'm sorry for being bad with names. But a lot. I, I, I think that's probably the coolest thing of all, because um, you don't. I don't think I've ever seen another YouTuber do that. So that that was the most organic community growth possible. And now you're getting on the big name guests like Roger Etner, of course, right, friend of the show. If he's ever out there watching it, yeah. yeah. But but uh, going back to the original topic we were talking about. Um, my thoughts on Visible, by the way, are always open to change. And honestly, if I had the opportunity to get the CEO on a Visible or whoever's like running that, like someone from Visible Internal on the show to like kind of grill them a little bit and hear like, like, like hear it, they're going to be like openly stating like, yeah, we recognize this is a problem and this is what we're trying to do to fix it. And here's like an actual time map. If something like that could happen like I would probably change a lot of my reservations that I have because 
like I didn't immediately just start like I'll use an example. I recommend US Mobile all the time, right? Like I, for like a Verizon MVNO. I yeah. wasn't just immediately a US Mobile lover. It was because of Stetson having Ahmed on that I even became aware of US Mobile, and it was after that that I tested US Mobile. I thought it was kind of dirt, to be honest, because I tested it on an iPhone 11, which was deprioritized. But then I retested it once they got premium data, and my opinion changed. And we make jokes. I poke fun at Ahmed if he ever ends up listening to this video. You know, I poke fun at him about having Ahmed time when it comes to feature rollouts. But <laughs> but I know that they're eventually going to come. Like, Ahmed's a pretty pretty upstanding kind of guy, you know? If I knew that there was, like, an Ahmed, you know, behind the scenes at Visible... I'd probably have a little bit more faith, you know? Yeah, but they yeah. do offer a nice value, and it is more premium, you know, in terms of experience. It's it's a different service. Talking about US Mobile or Visible? Yeah, US Mobile. I feel like it's a little bit different than the Visible experience. Yeah. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why I like it. I'm a fancy kind of boy, I guess, with my wireless. And I, I feel like the Visible... The visible service is built for anyone that wants to abuse the Verizon network. I can agree like, with that statement. <laughs> like it, we are prepared to allow you to rape and pillage the Verizon network. Do it what you like. <laughs> Strong bold words. Yeah, I'm serious, bro. Like think about it. Like they they tell you you have unlimited everything. We're not monitoring, managing anything. This is how it's going to be for the duration of your 30 days. You know, and I think people come to grips with that and they've accepted it. And the craziest thing is when people, I think, evaluate the visible experience inaccurately. You know, they, they say things like, it's not fast enough. They say things like, uh, you know, the video resolution. Well, what did you sign up for? You don't go into hell wearing gasoline drawers. Like, what type of... You know what I'm saying? Like, when you go prepaid, right away, there's already an expectation. When you go into visible, there's other things you got to consider, like hard throttle on video resolution, hard throttle on th uh, tethering and hotspot speeds. You got to look at that before you purchase and say, am I okay with this? Now, if you purchase the service and it's just unusably bad, well, I mean... what? You, you wouldn't have known unless you tried it, right? Unless you had, like, a postpaid line at one point and even that was congested, then it would be foolish to even try a prepaid on Verizon. <laughs> yeah, but this, <laughs> you know this, I mean? this, this prepaid stigma that you and Tito both brought up during this stream, like, I feel like that stigma has went away because companies like, okay, Cricket, for example, right? Cricket is a prime example of you go in with a prepaid expectation back in the day when they had that 8 meg throttle on LT and 4 meg on HSPA plus and they were doing that funny stuff but then Cricket redid their plans and now they're yeah. offering a truly postpaid experience on that unlimited plan it's it's that um I can't remember what they call it specifically but it's like 55 bucks taxes fees all in it's basically it's basically like being on extra essentially like that's what it is. It's a postpaid experience on a prepaid carrier. US Mobile again is my example of uh, of a postpaid experience on a on an MVNO prepaid option for Verizon. And then Mint Mobile Mint Mobile I would also argue is a very much like a, a to a certain extent a postpaid experience minus the fact that you can't really finance a phone like it's pretty darn good. Like they got great support. They got you know it, it's just all really simple and clean. 
And I feel like Visible, considering their backing of Verizon and having the fun in that they do, should be able to get closer to at least that level of experience. I mean, even Metro PCS is pretty solid, you know? Yeah. Also, also thank you for the super chat. Um, MS, thank MS, you. Matt. With your signature don- donation amount of 271 Yeah, but look at look at what Cricket did with that plan. The price bumped up. They gave you a better experience. I mean, even that's what fifty-five you said or sixty. Yeah, it's fifty-five all in. But you got a better, better plan, better experience. You got the HBO Max or yeah, HBO Max with ads, and they still got the cheaper unlimited plan as well at an all-new low of twenty-five so let me a ask month. You this, Dennis. Yeah. Let me ask you this, man. There's only one person that got pissed about the change in the visible plan. You know who the person was? No clue. It was the person who was pissed that they had to pay an extra $5 because all they want is unlimited talk, text, and access to data. They were perfectly fine paying 25 on party pay. They didn't care about the video playback. They didn't care about Deprio. They didn't care about anything. They are pissed that the price went up $5. Because they were cool paying twenty five on a party. Yeah, but it didn't they, don't, even... they don't care that they're getting a better access. They don't care that they're getting this and that. They don't want it. They will gladly trade it back to pay twenty five dollars. You know what's funny is though, Sneed, it didn't even really go up though. Because if they pay with PayPal, they get an extra five dollar discount. They're still paying twenty five. Well, that's if they know. I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm looking at the comments and I'm looking at the replies, man. Oh, I, I get it, but like. I mean, I mean, if that is the case, as rude as this is going to sound, Dennis, are you, uh, are you, are you, are you, are you, me and you can operate with rationality. There are people that will go to extremes over five dollars because, I mean, they don't want to pay a penny more for wireless service. They, they've, they've drawn a line in the sand, sir. I, I get that line, but then I would also just throw at them like, if you're that upset about paying thirty and you were fine with paying 25 and you really just want the cheapest plan with unlimited talk, text, and data, make a custom-tailored plan on US Mobile for, like, $15. Get yourself the unlimited talk, text, and, like, a gig of data and call it self yeah, Some of those people, Dennis, are abusing the network, too. <laughs> they're doing 500 <laughs> gigs and 600 gigs on Visible. I'm telling you, dog. And they're pissed about the $5, bro. I'm telling you. I would tell them, well, think about all the money you're saving by not having to pay for home internet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know someone goodness. that is missed about the five dollars. <laughs> See? See, bro, what you is think that? I'm, you think I'm capping, Dennis? You always think I'm lying and shit, bro. I'm serious about this. I have never once accused you of lying. <laughs> You're like, nah, nah, nah. That ain't true, nah. <laughs> Listen, they're complaining about a sixteen cent a day increase on their bill. That's what it works out to. Sixteen cents for every for every day is the difference. Yeah, if you break it down to them like that, like the person that that I know, because they just recently switched too. When I showed them what visible, like how my service was invisible, and they have Verizon, they but they wanted to just like cut back on their bills. So when they got visible, like the service and everything was great, because then that person was seeing me on my lunch breaks and was just like, dude, like it's great, it's great for streaming video on my phone and stuff. Like that, they didn't really care about having a higher quality, so 480p wasn't a big bother for them. So like the other day he messaged me when he when he found out they were gonna raise the price. I'm like, you gotta opt in to change to those plans. You can try to hold on to your legacy while you can, 
<laughs> but like a lot of people that was in his party pay had bailed. Like, hold on, <laughs> I feel personally attacked by the comment that Sneed decided to highlight here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, don't feel personally attacked because this is more about me. All right, you and I can operate with rationality. That's exactly what I said. Men who have multiple carriers and multiple redundant home ISPs. So yeah, there is a jab at Dennis at the end, but the first jab's at me, dog. <laughs> yeah, but can I can I explain something real quick? The whole reason I had redundant home ISPs was because Verizon was literally legitimately failing me and preventing me from doing my work from home for, well, they were failing me for six months and then legitimately preventing me from doing my work from home due to their VPN issues. Now it's not so much of a problem. Technically speaking, I could uh, cancel Comcast. In fact, I did and re-signed up for them, actually, is what happened. And I did that so we could do the Xfinity Mobile testing. But I could cancel them again and cancel Sneeze Xfinity Mobile line. But look, I work from home. Internet is the literal most important thing to me. Anyone that has the opportunity to talk to me in private will understand how much of a, a thing that is for me. Like, I literally put... I'll put it to you this way. If I got to the point where I was so broke that I had to start choosing which bills that I had to, to, to like not be paid for a month, I would forgo my water bill before I would let my before I would let my electric or my internet go. Like that's how high in the hierarchy of primal needs for Dennis his his home internet is for him, specifically with my fiber. So yeah, and then as far as the cell phones go. I, I, there's not as much justification for that. I don't need multiple cell phones. Technically speaking, if I was really put in a hard place, I could just get by with just the AT&T line, no problem. But I've been riding with the T-Mobile T-Mobile since 2013 because I drank the Kool-Aid that, that John Leger back in the day was pouring. Uh, basically, like some of these visible customers with the fan for I was riding right, that T-Mobile right, wave. Dennis, you're telling me you were sucking the sack, bro? Dude, oh a younger God. version of Dennis was sucking the, the John Legere sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> See, this is, this is why we pay Dennis the big bucks, bro. He rolls with the punches, man. He's 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 good about stuff big like that. Big bucks man. doesn't see a single cent go into his checking account. <laughs> <laughs> you pay me with influencer points. <laughs> Sure, why not, man? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just busting your I'm just busting your chops. <laughs> um, uh, Andrew just quoted me says I would forgo my water bill. Says says rational man. Well, hey, it's about the hierarchy. Wait a minute, you definitely said that, Dennis. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I did. He said <laughs> he's but he's saying that's irrational. But you got to understand you, my. You know priorities. what's kind of crazy about all this? Like Andrew, are you writing these things down? Like like how do you remember that like verbatim? Dude, I think Andrew has like a Google Keep notes or whatever, and he's just writing down all the shit that we say. I think he's just going back ten seconds in the show, re-listening and writing it down into the comment. Also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goddess, uh, goddess uh, Helia, I saw you in the comments. I forgot to respond to you, but it's always good to see. You. I always appreciate seeing you in all of our streams. Also, Sneed, speaking of streams, I don't think you said this, or I just missed it because I came in late, but I see you're doing a simulcast. You stole my idea. Bro, I didn't steal the idea. That was Tito, man. That was his idea. Ah, oh, Tito. Where's my royalties, man? I'm the one that invented the <laughs> simulcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured that I would just have it simulcast there. That way, also, too, I can 
clip things out because I am like clipping audio out and then throwing it on Anchor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, snap. I, I just well, been I already doing I already audio. know what you're about to clip. Then you're about to clip the part where I was ta- where we were talking about sack sucking and probably <laughs> drinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe well, you never. Well, guys, we're getting rave reviews on some of the quotables from this episode. Uh, people like the gasoline drawers quote. They like that one. Probably the, like the, the, the yeah, probably the the sack. That one's gonna make the list too. Uh, <laughs> for going water, you got Dennis's tripping dog on that one. Listen, I, I Sneed, you do realize I think I've told you this before in private, but like, do you understand the reason why I moved out of my small rural town into the city? Uh the biggest ooh. reason. Um I I, I I don't know. I, I forget. Was legitimately to get access to high speed internet, bro. It's important, man. You can't compete in the in the workforce without it. Like that was the biggest reason that made me move. In yeah, because it changed the ability of you to be productive, right? And when I bought my house, do you know how important? Listen, I don't know if I said this publicly on stream, but to really run the point home, how important internet was, I added at a men um an addendum. To the purchasing agreement of my house that if Fios could not be purchased and installed at my home I would not, it, w- it would allow me to get out of the, the contract like it was an addendum in writing that if I could not get Fios at the house I would not purchase the property that's how fiber, up there, huh? yes if wow. I was going to buy a house somewhere I'm going to be staying the rest of my life it has to have fiber available you guys know that like when they added fiber to the neighborhood here that increases the value of my home. Like my house, I mean, I've obviously, I've renovated, I've done some fixes. I mean, the house is mostly modern. Like it's not gonna be hard for me to sell my crib once it's appreciated to the point where I'm ready to move on, make money, and then, you know, get another house, a bigger house, whatever, the family gets bigger, whatever. Like, dude, it's 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 easy to sell a house when you say to somebody that's potentially moving in or buying dude this place has fiber and not just any fiber like you can have 10 gig fiber here dennis hey i'm happy just having gig and i've i've resigned and accepted the fact that i probably won't see any higher from verizon aka look at the note that submersion water that i shared with you that's still like that as we get ready to go into the winter <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, Tito, I don't know if you knew this, by the way, but they're, in my community, Verizon has a open pedestal that's been <laughs> broken that's literally just has a no, just submerged in water. Submerged in water, dog. It's crazy. And it's well, been like that now for, like, what, four months, five months? I mean, it was cold the last time I saw it. So longer? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. It might have been frozen. It was frozen in time, bro. Oh damn! We had a, did, we, like a we talked about a lot of things. Tito, jump in here. What else do you want to discuss on today's show? Well, I wanted to kind of like take a step back because you did mention Google Fi earlier, and yeah, you were yeah, yeah. you're curious about it. Um, I've been using it on and off for a while. I think when like when they got out of invite mode on Project Fi, and people can go through it. And I can just say, I mean, if you've ever used Metro, it's on it's on par basically speed wise i think the most interesting thing that i've been asked about google fi on 
my video coverage of it is if I'm ever going to take it outside of the U.S. and use it, which as a matter of fact, that's probably going to happen in 2023 because I have to go to Thailand for a month. And like I've seen a lot of people talk about it on YouTube as far as like using the service outside of the U.S., but not really like showing like speed testing or anything like that. I think one person did. That was Max Lee. And he did like a quick test inside of a, a taxi where he was at. I think he, think he was in Thailand when he did that. But so I'm thinking about doing that. So I don't know. I would say if you're going to like ever like sample Google Fi, if you're planning to go outside of the country, that would probably be like the best time to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tito, so, what part of Thailand are you going to, homie? Uh, so my mom, the, um, her family, they live in a place called, I think it's Sajunakon, which is a small like town up north. Uh, that's where I'd be going or in uh, Chiang Mai. Well, if you get the chance... I don't know if you really will get the chance, but if you do, I recommend visiting the city of Bangkok and staying at the Bayoki Sky Hotel. That's where I stayed when I went to Thailand. It's the tallest uh-huh. it's the tallest hotel in Thailand. Great view of the city. And um, outside of that, I mean, is this your first time going to Thailand or I'm assuming you've probably been there a couple times since your mom's well, from there? I've been there when I was very young. So when I was eight months old. <laughs> okay. Well, then one other thing I would su- suggest doing is totally just take a walk around and enjoy all the different street food and enjoy the dragon fruit that's just fresh and delicious from there and the durian fruit, which is the one that has the reputation for being stinky depending on your genetics. Will depend oh, yeah. on you consider the smell. But yeah. durian fruit is delicious. They make so many delicious desserts out of it. I honestly wish we could find it more commonly here in the States because it's so yummy. Um, it has a bit of an odd texture compared to what we're probably used to because it's kind of like a it's like a weird pudding inside of a fruit if it's really ripe, but it's really good. Um, yeah. That's my recommendation to you. And then also surprisingly enough thailand had some interesting beers if you like alcohol tito uh, i gotta refrain from that man i'm type 2 diabetic <laughs> okay gotcha sorry yeah no no worries man yeah i'm like fighting uphill battles like <laughs> diabetes and keeping in check um recently I, I don't put myself on camera too much on youtube much less make videos it's just because like i'm fighting an uphill battle like i've given up i've given up vaping with nicotine so I'm like going through all the urges on that, which I figured I would make big changes since I crossed the threshold and I'm 40 years old now. I did not realize that you were so much older than me. Honest to God, you don't look it, man. You you've kept your youthful um, complexion. Like if I had to guess your age, I would have thought you were like 25, 26. Real talk. No way, (laughs) dude. I look at the mirror. I'm like, I, I would ballpark myself at 39. But I don't know, that's just me. But like well, my bro, brother, I look, I look like I look like I'm 40, man. <laughs> I got the dad bod and the bald head now. I look old. <laughs> it's it's I don't know it, it, it's genetics, but like it's it's so much worse for my younger brother because like he's a streamer on Twitch. He does a lot of gaming and stuff. Um, but his voice is way lighter than mine's. And even at some points, like people mistaken him for a woman or a young oh, girl. Damn. Oh, it, it's really light, so I don't know where he and I get it from because my dad's voice is like super deep. So it's like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, hey, having a higher pitched voice as a dude, maybe he could be a singer. 
I know right now he's really trying to kill it in, in uh, his gaming on Twitch and everything. I don't know. He's he's had 300 followers on Twitch, and I told him that's, that's I'm pretty good. Tr- I'm trying to think of what it's called. Sneed, help me out here, buddy. What's it What's it called when you have like three dudes just doing just straight up like no music? Like, they're like singing and like snapping their fingers with like the hats. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the like Bone Thugs and Harmony. How they used to do those like melodic things, like those like harmonizers yeah yeah like it's it there's no instruments like they're they're literally like they'll have like a baritone oh, acapellas and stuff like yeah that. yeah 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 dude have him join one of those groups man i feel like that'd be funny <laughs> i'll make the recommendation <laughs> honestly maybe he can make it a twitch goal if you get yeah. so many like uh if if you get so many like sub goals uh, yeah it'd be sub goals if you get so many prime subs or whatever like i don't know 2500 subs he has to get two guys together and do like a a, a triad of some Christmas songs or something for Christmas. I want to pass that info on to him. <laughs> hey, I've donated. I've donated for stupider things in my life on Twitch. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> uh, that's that's crazy. But um, let's just put it this way: Dennis only follows people on Twitch if they look good in leggings. Let's just put it that way. That is so <laughs> not true. <laughs> That is untrue. That is, but, I'm playing, bro. Damn. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not trying but, to assassinate your character. You're my homie, man. But, um, hey, I wanted to ask you, by the way, Sneed, and to the community, has anyone had any luck yet ordering the iPhone 14s with okay. the T-Mobile promo? Dennis, can we talk about this for a second? Yeah. Um, Who out there is running to be broke? Who is sprinting to give Apple a thousand dollars? Take my money, take my money, take my money. I was joking with Dennis earlier. I sent it in a text. I said, Dennis, I'm not sprinting to be broke. I will be broke on my own damn time. I'm not going to run and hustle to be a thousand dollars less wealthy. No way. Yeah. No, and of, and of course I was joking. I'm just teasing the, you know, to exaggerate. I'm extra dramatic, you know. But listen, I know when you're joking. You're you're good about it. You're not <laughs> you're not like some people that find inopportune times to say that they're joking, but really come off as angry. Um, <laughs> but but it, Dennis, it is like a personal philosophy of mine. If it's for sale today, it's for sale tomorrow. It's for sale next week. It's for sale next year. You know what I'm saying? And just letting that thousand dollars go, I'm just not in a hurry to do it. <laughs> That's fair. Although <laughs> I, I will tell you one thing, man. When AMD comes, when AMD officially releases the seven thousand series of CPUs, I will absolutely be sprinting to be broke as I, <laughs> as I, as I have been dying to build a new PC because my current build is fine. It's very powerful. The only problem I have, and this is definitely a Dennis problem is I have run out of PCIe bandwidth. I've used up every USB port. I've used a USB hub for all my additional external storage. I have a additional NIC inside the machine. I got a beefy GPU. Like every every possible PCIe lane is filled to the max. So I need to upgrade platforms so I can get more PCIe bandwidth and more PCIe lanes and the latest generations of processors from AMD and Intel respectively have support for PCIe Gen 5, which just has so much more capacity. Um, so I am running to be broke when it comes to that. <laughs> so you're willing to pull your hamstring and tear your quad. To oh, get I that have. PC. Listen, I have allocated 
I plan to allocate a roughly approximately about $7,000 to this upcoming build because it is going to be a god tier build. Like best CPU I can buy, best RAM I can buy because AMD is super dependent on great memory. I'm going to be doing a 100% solid state storage build as well. And I plan to have over 30 terabytes of solid state storage. So I'm going ham with this next PC build. I hear you, dog, and it's going to be sweet. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to probably fill up that storage so quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I was a millionaire, Sneed, you know what I'd be doing right about now if I was just filthy, stinking rich? Uh, you would be drinking sake on a Suzuki. No, I would no. be buying a full server rack to put in my upstairs bedroom that I showed you where the green screen stays. Mm-hmm. I'd be buying a full server rack. I'd be buying full server-grade equipment and filling it up with, like, 20-terabyte hard drives for, like, a server-grade NAS for, like, the bottom. I'd have a second one that's just all server-grade solid-state storage for more frequently asked stuff, um, um, frequently accessed stuff. And I would probably have a total of, like, I don't know, a half a petabyte to a petabyte of storage. And it would be the most beefiest, like, Plex server slash, like, Denflix. We talked about this on uh, Twitter Spaces back in the day with like Brandon. I'd make Denflix. It would just be a oh damn. <laughs> yeah, I'd make Denflix for people to enjoy. <laughs> All that anime and stuff, right? Absolutely, and mm-hmm. the highest possible quality. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It wouldn't be all that anime because I don't have the licenses. So I don't know what you're talking about, Sneed. It would all, it'd be all open and free legal content that is ah, in the public yeah. domain. There you go. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> what else, Tito? What else can you tell us about what you've been using? You were talking about Google Fi. You mentioned the visible. I heard you mention Metro. Which plan? Which phone? How's the experience? Um. So right now I have I have um two phones on metro right now i have the uh pixel 6 currently running on there even though i'm kind of like weirded out of the whole debacle with them trying to put eSIM on it (laughs) i wanted to try it out that that way and then i have the moto um the moto g stylus 2022 sorry for my dogs they're barking so someone might be by my window yeah you get like that but um yeah i have that i have those two on metro um and then the 5A currently right now is on the, the T-Mobile Network Pass, um, which is kind of crazy. And then also the Pixel 4 is on it, too, as well. So with with all those, uh, I don't know why I have that many. As a matter of fact, now I'm starting to understand why my missus gives me gripe all the time. Because she gets fully mad at me. Like, I'll just, like, if something's, like, on a promo, then I will go ahead and try it out. And um, so then I'll, I'll build like a new number, and just for the hell of it, I'll text her and say hey, and see if she can figure it out. And she gets mad at me, and she's just like, "You and your numbers, like, stop already. You have enough lines." Like, she literally scolds me. Hold on, there's a comment I have to address, and it's from someone that's an avid watcher in the community. But I just hard disagree with this statement. Manny, nope. I'm sorry, but no. If it wasn't for Carlos, I would not own a Verizon postpaid line, period. And it has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with my hatred for the company. If I wanted to test Verizon's coverage for any reason, for CellMap or anything like that, I wouldn't give Verizon the money directly and would go with a prepaid option if I had to use them. I think Just he, out of spite. I think he's being playful and joking. 
Oh. Yeah, I don't think he's being. I don't think he's. I think he's being a little bit cynical here. He's <laughs> being a little bit of uh, you know tongue in cheek with it. <laughs> oh, he did respond. Hey, listen, this is the problem with text and why I enjoy right. these conversations. It's hard yeah, to get yeah. the emotions across. Sorry, Manny. Yeah, in yeah, that yeah. case, real quick. In that case, you're a Giga Chad, bro. You're a Giga Chad. All right, Giga Chad. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a meme. Us youngsters and our memes. Hey, yeah. Sneed, I got a question for you, Home Skillet. Yeah, man. Do you have a TikTok? Why, why are you asking me if I got a TikTok? What do you you want to see me dancing on there? What what the hell, man? I'm just asking a legitimate question because I'm curious. I do have a TikTok, but I've never used it. <laughs> I have a TikTok as well, but I've never posted on it either. Exactly. I I don't. I don't think I want to go into that rabbit hole, dog. You know, I make content on YouTube. I consume content on YouTube. I have a Twitter. Which, I mean, I'm I'm semi-active. Like, if you look at the number of tweets and how many days I've actually had Twitter, I mean, I'm 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 pretty active. I pick my spots when I post. I go like half a day, three quarters of a day, full day without really tweeting much. But like, I like the network tech enthusiast community, and I like some of the people that I follow on Twitter. So I, I kind of like Twitter. Uh, you know, it creates something outside of just the comment section of my videos. So I kind of like it for that purpose. I, also, information spreads like wildfire on Twitter. So I feel like I'm okay with the way that Twitter operates in my world. But I don't feel compelled to do anything on the gram. I don't feel compelled to have a Snapchat. I don't care, like, for TikTok. I, you know, like I was saying before, I don't look good in leggings. You know what I'm saying? So nobody's going to want to see me in that, you know? <laughs> but Twitter's making moves, though. I don't know if you guys know, like, the, the things that they're they're bringing in. It almost seems like that they're trying to, um, like, for those who are, like, diehard, like, you know, that are always on Twitter, post content on Twitter, they're trying to do something where those creators can start, you know, making revenue the same way as creators on YouTube and even on TikTok and Instagram make. I was just like reading all these things that they're they're testing right now. Like the suit was it the super follows one of them where you, if you're if you are on Twitter and you have like more than ten thousand followers, um, you can start creating like specific content for super followers, which is like a subscription payment type thing. So that's coming soon. It's still like in beta testing, which is weird. Um, and of course, you have like tips right now too. I don't I don't know if anyone uses that, but yeah, like, I, don't know. I don't know if I've ever gotten a tip before. I don't even know if I have it turned on. It's probably something you got to turn on, right? Yeah, you got to turn it on. So there's three things I want to address in quick succession. Um, I won't get Threadripper because that platform's actually dead from Ryzen, and I value high single uh, single core IPC performance for my gaming. Uh, Peter, I'm not in love with Intel. It's just that when I had purchased Intel, was the single core IPC performance champion, and, that, and I before. Before I was never like really a content creator doing some of the things that I currently do, nor was I doing the mass You're storage. You're more of an AMD guy, aren't you, Dennis? N- no, I've never actually owned an AMD CPU, but this is going to be the exception to that rule. Okay. Um, and then there was an actual question that I actually legitimately wanted to address that was from uh, Contra- uh, Contrail. Uh, uh, Contrail, excuse me. Um, it's what would what would we on the panel suggest? Boost? Would we suggest Boost Mobile or Metro PCS? Um. I think it depends on what sim you're getting. If you're looking for T-Mobile coverage, in my opinion, I think Metro PCS is the better option because of the taxes and fees being included and and so forth. 
But uh, if you're not, and you were thinking about getting like the AT and T sim, I think well, that twenty five dollar plan is pretty nice, Dennis. Mm. Twenty five dollars, thirty gigs of data at high speed, and that's on the AT and T network. That's not a bad value, right? But it depends if they want T Mobile or AT and T. Is what I'm saying. Like if what's they're sticking- the best? What's the best T Mobile plan on Boost Mobile? I don't know. I'd I think say it's the like, lunch <laughs> <mine> is free, <laughs> and I think it's a glitch. I think I think because uh, uh, the Boost Mobile line that I have, um, when I got it, I was able to get it with the uh, the emergency broadband um, program that they had, and so it was like it was a fifty dollar plan that was free every month, and it was supposed to have been converted over to ACP. I don't I don't know what's going on with Boost. I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and just let it go because it's still free that line is still going and it should not be so it's weird i know and you got people using 400 gigs of data on some of those atn sims yeah i mean i agree with dennis on that if it's on the if it's on a t-mobile side for between boost and uh metro metro is going to be your way to go just because of that that 30 cap that plan comes with like amazon prime i mean yeah they got they got some value you got amazon prime and google one yeah, yeah. What do they give you? Like a hundred gig storage, five hundred gig? Um, just a hundred gigs cloud storage. Gig. Dude, a hundred gig will probably keep all your personal photos and videos on there. Yeah, you know that's what um, I have on my. Yeah. And the bigger thing really is the Amazon Prime, dude. Everybody and their mother should have Amazon Prime. It's so good. I don't use Amazon Prime. Seriously? Yeah, I don't need it. Bro, I legit be ordering batteries sometimes off Amazon <laughs> and getting within two hours to my house. I mean that's it's fine, but I, I mean I could live without it. Actually, now that I say that, it's been a minute since I've ordered batteries off Amazon since getting the Costco membership because I bought a big old thing of double A's Duracell. <laughs> so let me show you. So let me show you my process. I bought batteries from eBay, and the shipping was free. I got it in three days, but I don't have to pay for Amazon Prime. Right, so you don't have to build in the additional. I don't know, Dennis. What does it cost now? One hundred twenty dollars a year. The I think Amazon it's like one fifty. Okay, so it's wow, it's up thirty bucks probably. See, that's just the last time I remembered what it, how much it costed. So it's up to one fifty. Break that down into like how many packages you order in a year. I don't know, man. A dollar, two dollars a package in shipping. You know, that's what it ends up costing you because you got to pay the Amazon Prime fee. I'm just skipping all that. And I'm going to go straight to eBay and get a comparable product for the same price or less sometimes. Sometimes the stuff I get brand new from eBay, name brand, it's it's official. Somebody is obviously either wholesaling or it's closeouts. It's brand name. It's, so I can buy the same batteries and it's either cheaper or the same price and I don't have to have a Prime membership. There are some things, though, Dennis, I will tell you that I go on eBay and it's like, let's say it's 40 bucks. There's an Amazon seller selling it for $32.99 or something. You know what I do? Buy from Amazon in that circumstance? Well, I just reach out to a family member and I say, don't you have Prime? And they say, yeah. I was like, all right, share. <laughs> Here, here's the link. Order this for me, dog. Here's a couple of bucks on me. Yeah, but yeah. Sneed, there's so many things you get with Prime, man. Like, you get the Prime streaming service, which my mom actually really likes it, a lot. Man. See, see, then it starts to make sense, Dennis. 
right? Now you're starting to get value out of it. You're talking about the the video, the music. But wait, I'm not done yet. Hold up. Well, the, oh, screw, the, screw, the, screw the music. But so you get the so you get the prime streaming service my mom really enjoys. Um, Amazon actually gives you unlimited photo backup. They actually do like unlimited cloud photo backups. So that's like another yeah. way that I redundantly backed up my photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty legit. There's a whole bunch of like IRL stuff that like Amazon's got their paws into. Like I don't have a Whole Foods near me personally, but I know like if you got Prime and like you're going to Whole Foods, it's pretty legit. The Twitch integration is huge. You get one free Prime oh, yeah, sub. They do have that right? Yeah. yeah, you get one free Prime sub when you're a Prime member, and you get a bunch of free in-game content from various video games because of the Twitch, Twitch stuff. Yeah. Um, dude, Amazon's just so mad. Oh, dude, listen, I feel bad for being on jeff bezos right now but like i know they're a bad you back back on this one you got a new (laughs) suck in the sack moment uh, yeah (laughs) i didn't want to use that phrasing but yeah (laughs) but 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 like dude like amazon is the prime example of like an exemplary exemplary uh consumer experience i know they're terrible to their employees and they got a lot of things that they do bad but as a customer of Amazon, it's always the most easiest, painless experience possible. It is the maximum level of convenience that the modern age has brought upon us. Like, it's just so nice, dude. Hmm. It's a pleasure. I actually get pleasure from making purchases from Amazon. I get, like, a little shot of dopamine. Dennis, when I purchase- I'm, you're, like, you're, like, strangely aroused right now. This is kind of crazy. <laughs> I'm not actually aroused. I'm just saying, like, I... I enjoy my convenient Amazon experience, and I find great value in every penny that is dropped on that membership, considering how many things I do get delivered on a yearly basis from them. Maybe I should go work for Amazon, because they got several warehouses here. Just to kind listen, of see how Listen, if I could get... Dude, if I ever got a job as, like, a manager or something on Amazon, they make bank, dude. Amazon pays crazy money. Crazy money to, like, their leadership roles. I wouldn't want to be, like, a, a warehouse person, but I'll just say that I know for a fact, uh, and Sneed, I can tell you more in private, that like if you get into like any of their like AWS positions or stuff like that, yeah, oh, you're making well over six figures, like some AWS sales or something like that, dude. They pay really great yeah. commission. Their leadership makes great money. Their pay scaling for those types of roles is honestly comparable to like what directors make at other companies or like more senior level executives make. It's insane. Yeah, we'll be looking into that. Because even like even their warehouse workers here, I know someone that works over there. They're they're really flexible with their scheduling. Like I I thought the like the person that I know that works at their warehouse here, I thought they lost their job and they were like, nah, I took VTO, but then I can take hours when I want. Like it is so flexible that they can work four hours out of out of the pay period if they wanted to. Like <laughs> I'm just like, wait a minute, you mean you can go to work one day four hours and vto the rest of the the next you know week and so many odd days and you're good like it's crazy how flexible they are with their employees also sneed sneed there's something really important i want to say amazon is so good with customer experience and service that from the bottom of my heart i truly wish that they were actually a telecom provider because i feel like they would actually revolutionize the space because they got the money and the infrastructure to put to do it like well, verizon has a relationship with them no 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 no. you misunderstand i'm saying like I, as messed up as this is gonna sound i really wish amazon would just eat dish i wish dish would just die and then it would be amazon wireless and that would be the thing like i 
Dennis, you are an absolute savage. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry, not sorry, but like they're so like have you ever actually interacted with their customer care need? Because like I have get... and it was really good. Yeah, like I I'm They literally a... made it right within minutes. Yeah. Like it's so convenient. Like they don't question you. Like I'm gonna give you a, a real example. When I got my new MacBook Pro, okay, I was ordering Thunderbolt 4 uh, cables, okay? The first batch that I ordered, despite what the seller had listed, didn't have support for DisplayPort inside of it, so it wasn't actually true Thunderbolt 4 specification. I called up Amazon. Not only did they give me a refund, and, the, and they just applied it to my account for me because I told them I was just going to make a purchase anyway. So not only did they give me the refund... <clears throat> They also told me don't even worry about returning it. Just keep it. Because I expressed how um, challenging it would be based off my work schedule. They're just like, yeah, don't even worry about it. Just keep it. You're good. So they, I got to keep the one that wasn't even true Thunderbolt 4. And it, I mean, it still functions as a USB-C cable. But I got to keep the cable, got the refund, and then I got to immediately place my order for the new cables that, that actually were proper from a different brand that was reputable. And because I live pretty close to a Amazon warehouse, got that with next day shipping. Like, everything worked out perfectly. And like you said, it was quick and easy. No long holds, not a bear, not a super long IVR tree to deal with. Like, just grade A, making it right, and then some. You can't say you've had an experience like that with anybody in the telecom space. Like, never to that degree. Wow. I should buy more from Amazon. Listen, the reason I buy so much from Amazon is because I have confidence that if something goes wrong, they'll make it right. Yeah. I that's, that a lot. that's the biggest reason why I buy like I legitimately will choose to buy from Amazon in certain circumstances over others because of that fact like I'll give another example real quick I remember I bought a 4 terabyte western digital black hard drive and I bought that through Amazon when they were doing like a deal and the first one came in DOA and so I called Amazon to ask about a refund or, or to ask for a replacement specifically but they were out of stock from the seller of that the whoever the seller was that handled that specific sale what amazon did for me was is they ordered me a replacement gave me a credit on the difference to honor the promo and then all i had to do was ship it back so that the original seller or whatever could get it and and yes like amazon essentially took like a loss basically on that one particular deal because that deal was no longer going it came from a different seller i still got my drive even though the person that screwed up was out of inventory and everything. So I got a perfectly working drive that was supposed to work. Amazon made sure I got the same price on the replacement drive, and they made it super convenient for me to ship back the old drive. Like, everything worked out really, really well. I've just had good experiences. Oh, my God. Uh, Mikhail also said, legit, Amazon has changed our lives. It is a pretty decent scale of customer service. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Amazon should sponsor me. Just saying. <laughs> I feel like the South... Do you guys watch South Park at all? Tito, I think you do, right? Yeah, I've watched South Park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember the episode where uh, Bezos answers South Park? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I need to order my happiness, was the joke. <laughs> my tagger day. My, my tagger day weed is gone. I can't yeah, do accents. I'm sorry. Park. No, that's all good. Bringing up South Park, man, is it crazy? Like, I don't know. You, you brought that up, and I just started, like started flashing through like a lot of different shows. And then, what was it? They, I can't believe they brought back Beavis and Butthead. Oh man, yeah. 
it's so crazy and they don't they don't rank on music videos anymore now they rank on like tiktoks and youtube videos it's crazy hey so i'm gonna change topics slightly real quick tito so, i know you test out a lot of prepaid companies and just a lot of mobile plans in general but mm-hmm. who is your primary like who's your actual legitimate primary carrier primary carrier is metro legitimately okay yeah and what made you out of all the other people that you tested like what made you pick to stick with metro specifically um so the family plan that i'm on i have the four lines where like the fourth one is i guess technically free right and it's like i'm only paying um is it 120 for it and then i have the uh the t-mobile home internet router the gateway i have that and that plan on there for 55 so basically i'm paying for all that um 175 and i think the big thing here is like even though like i'm not a person that uses like over 100 gigs of data my kids do <laughs> so um for them to kind of have that experience where it's deep prior in times of con- congestion rather than you know slow down to 128 um after a certain threshold uh i think that's the reason why that like let's stick with metro on that okay now i got a bigger question because now you've really piqued my interest why are you using the T-Mobile Home Internet? Uh, it actually works. I mean, um, from what I've been using it, compared to when I had um, Cox Internet, like, it was just a weird experience with Cox. I, I don't like them. I won't go back to them. Um, when I, I wanted to try it out, so when I went to when I heard that Metro was starting to uh, sell them, and I went in there and got it, um, it's pretty much powering everything in my home, and um, I'm not having a terrible experience. Like I've had people that ask me questions because some of them may have experience, like you know, I guess like lag on data and things like that. And I, for me, I don't like when it comes to streaming Netflix on my uh, Google TV, and then my son's playing on his PS4, and then I, I have this live stream running right now, and it's it's handling all of it because they're actually out there right now playing on the PS4. And what kind of gaming speed are you getting? Um, so average of what I'm getting is usually like 580 by anywhere between 80 to 100 megabits that's that's really good throughput especially on the upload side that's tremendous man dude it powered my uh remote work when i was working from home i had um the stuff that carvana gave me for work and i had it all like running through the router and at the same time while they were playing their games because my kids are big gamers so they're always playing online and i was like you know doing uh my job basically and calling out to uh, customers to verify documentations they gave and like i did not have any hiccups at all using it for work while everyone else was using it for entertainment at the same time so i'm guessing you live pretty much line of sight of a cell site yeah there's not there's not there's there's one not that far away well you got lucky man um when i tested the t-mobile home internet at stetson's place in longmont which i would consider to be probably t-mobile's holy grail or slice of heaven for them as far as network excellence goes (laughs) Um, my personal experience with testing it back then was not great. Uh, there was packet loss, very, very high jitter, uh, which Tito jitter, if in case, in case it's a term that you're not familiarized with is the variation in latency. Um, Mm -hmm. and then loaded latency was also a massive issue just due to the fact that the gateway that T-Mobile provides has no like QoS settings that can be enabled. So, um, 
blood latency is when the network is saturated, like what your ping spikes up to um, from like a network management standpoint. Yeah. Plus there's the issues with uh, port forwarding being an issue, which for gaming should be a bigger issue, I would imagine for your kids, because I'd imagine when they're playing their online games, they're probably on a moderate or restricted NAT, which limits the people that they can connect to as far as host goes, which can affect connectivity because yeah. your best connection might be right next to you. But if that person doesn't have an open NAT, then you're going to be connecting to whoever the closest that does. I got a little too tactical and nerdy, but the no TLDR is I'm surprised no, you that could, it's working you could, well. You could definitely speak to that, Dennis. Go, um, go ahead, Tito. Tell them about the the gaming feedback from your kids. Tell them about you know some of those applications and some of the issues and concerns he had. Um. So yeah, like what he was stating. I mean, I I know where he's coming from on that because my son, like he he games online with his friends, and at the same time too, they're also building a game. Like his school that he goes to is. Um, it's like a modified high school so he gets his high school credits but then he's also at the same time taking uh getting credits towards uh what what he wants to do software engineering so it's called coding academy which is a blend of of high school and and uh vocational but so when at times like when when he's gaming and everything it it holds up pretty good um if, if you're online gaming now if you're if you're um running like say like you know with his headset he's trying to like you know be in a group of people playing games I, I don't know specifically how many people that they have on there when his friends come over or whatnot but it tends to hold okay i mean there's times where it will kind of lag out like it'll like glitch on one of theirs when he has his friends over for like their their uh, assignments that they're doing with their gaming that they're building so but it for most part, I can say, even from my experience for gaming, it's been fine. And I, I, I game on Stadia, so um, everything's cloud-based on that. And um, very, very rare does it ever like glitch on me with Stadia, which I've heard a lot of people say it happens to them a lot. I, that's not happened to me. And I'm lucky for that, I guess. <laughs> but the gaming very experience, lucky. very yeah. lucky. It sounds like they definitely did a good job at executing the deployment of their wireless in your market over there. Yeah, this uh, Phoenix is really good with uh, T-Mobile at this point. Wasn't Phoenix an OG Sprint 5G market, Sneed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I I mean, I've I followed Tito for a long time. He always used the, um, used the Boost Network. Yeah. So that's, you know, Legacy Sprint. And then uh, Carlos was always in and out of Phoenix. Oh, yeah. His, you know, <laughs> so like, so like the, I mean, we've known like Phoenix good for cellular um i guess pretty good for at&t really good for verizon with all the upgrades and then uh just sprint stomping grounds so t-mobile kind of takes over and you know they got their own native network plus they get some of that sprint overlap and uh, you know it's, it seems like a pretty good network there yeah it's, it's it's pretty good that's why like um you know like i know carlos like when he when he calls me on the phone and everything like you know <laughs> He's always just like, dude, you need to jump over to like to AT and T and everything. And I tell him like, you know, but here it, you know, T Mobile's working just fine. Like I'm not one person. I don't, I don't back um, a carrier because of brand name or anything like that. It's what works for me. So like, if I moved, which I am actually going to move next year out of Phoenix, but if I move somewhere and say like AT and T was dominant, then I'm not going to have any problems switching over. Tito, like, for the love of God and all that's holy, if you do move, please make sure you pick a place that has fiber. <laughs> actually, I don't. I don't know if the place is gonna have fiber because I'm actually moving to a smaller town to be closer to my dad. It could happen. 
It could happen, bro. There are people I, that literally the small towns do have fiber. It's crazy, but it, it can definitely happen. Tito, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm being serious and not exaggerating when I say this. Fiber will legitimately change your life, and once you have good fiber, you will not be able to go back to anything else. Need. That's you know I'm not exaggerating. You're not. A, you know I'm not exaggerating. It's the truth, no, right? He, he speaks the truth, bro. No, I, 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 I believe y'all, and then uh, that's why I know. Like, if if I didn't go to a place that had fiber access and I used it, I know for a fact. Like, yeah, when I experience, because I I see what you post on Twitter, Sneed, and I see what you say like on your on your live streams and even in your videos when you make reference to fiber. So, yeah, the proof is in the pudding. I'm just hoping because I'm I'm going to Altus, Oklahoma. That's that's where my my dad lives. So small town but it's got an air force base there so yes that can be a gift and a curse in a way yeah <laughs> mikhail knows me quite well uh he corrected himself in the later post he said dennis has the requirement of a possible homes to have at least two good wireline providers and yes you are 100 percent right mikhail because if you only have one that's when you run into situations where they will just bend you over the barrel and charge like 300 bucks and not do any upgrades. If you have two good, competent, competitive providers, pricing at the very least, if it doesn't go down, will at least typically remain stable. It's the reason why Comcast will sometimes run, well, they haven't been, but used to very aggressively run promos over here because when they were building homes, they would whip out like the $20, 300 meg promos and stuff to get the new home buyers in on a new contract. And because because Comcast would do that, would also be when Verizon would run in their little promos, where they do like ten dollars off for three years and stuff. So it's good What's to have competition. Google Fiber. Google Fiber is incredible. I remember when I was younger, how excited I was about the 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 uh, the thought of it. And I remember when they were picking their cities, I was just praying to God that Pittsburgh would be one of them. In fact, I remember Pittsburgh being in the bid. We didn't win, obviously, and obviously the expansion didn't go as well as I was hoping it would be, but Google Fiber is awesome, man. Um, I wish they would have came here. They were actually going to come here, and it was because of Cox and CenturyLink that got pushed out. They never I, mean, came I mean, to put this another way, if we're talking about fiber routers in terms of private companies, not the public option ones, which I think are the, the absolute best, like, next, like, this, uh, that, that Pete has, but if we're just sticking to private companies, in my opinion the two best private fiber companies that are on like a grander scale here would probably be CenturyLink fiber mm-hmm. and AT&T fiber AT&T because of their really really great enhancements as far as being able to offer these super high speed tiers even though they're not required today the fact that they're doing they're taking the time and the effort to upgrade to XG Pond 2 and a lot of places where they offer the fiber is mm-hmm. great to see and then CenturyLink, because I believe that CenturyLink is using an ONT and doesn't require you to use their router, which for me is something I enjoy. I know for you, Sneed, it doesn't bother you too much to have to use AT&T's gear as far as like a router rental is concerned, but that bothers me. So that's why CenturyLink makes its way up there for me personally. One other thing I will say is that both CenturyLink and AT&T respectively seem to have some pretty good peering agreements. AT&T, obviously, because they're a tier one ISP with like 50% of the fiber in the country and... CenturyLink because they got their Lumen back Lumen backbone to plug into, so they both seem to have some pretty great pairing as well when it comes to the routing of traffic. I wish I could say Verizon files, I really do, but unfortunately they just don't seem to have any willpower to want to even maintain their existing fiber footprint, let alone upgrade and improve it. Yeah, the buildouts are the toughest thing to come by, man. 
I mean, dude, we still we still don't even have we still don't even have IPv6, and the places that have gotten it have been poorly executed. In fact, if you go on FiOS's subreddit, uh, it's been exposed that IPv6 has a ton of security vulnerabilities with just open ports. So even if you live in one of the markets where IPv6 is deployed by Verizon, you should be disabling that currently because it leads to security vulnerabilities to your home connection. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Verizon is uh Verizon's funny man. They make an impressive wireless network with network excellence that we used to talk about, but for some reason they just are really screwing the pooch on their traditional home internet service and I don't know how. I don't know why they ended up this way. Um but All right, but yeah. we did a we did a great job with the show tonight. We uh we held Tito hostage for 2 hours. I don't know for the show. Tito, thanks for coming on, man. Tell everybody about your channel or channels. Tell them where they can find you, what you do, and uh, let them know. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of crazy. So uh, this might be a little disappointing to a lot of people, but right now I'm more focused on the audio podcast. So if you actually want to like hear what I what I have to say on specific topics, um, you can find me on you, you know whatever podcast source you like to use, whether it's Apple, Google, um, Spotify. But the name of my podcast on there is Activate Geek Mode. And um, yeah, I just I, I run through anything from like mobile tech, telecom, and even I, I break into retro games. So NES, Super NES, N64, Sega Genesis, uh, Sega Master System. I talk about those to even sci-fi movies. So it's like it's just bringing my personality to being a nerd like out there. Um and the reason to back away kind of from YouTube at, at the moment is not really backing away. It's just a lot of the stuff that I post on the podcast, audio wise, I just like build like a B-roll video and just overlay the audio and just upload it to YouTube. So youtube.com forward slash Tito Escobar. That's uh, how you'll find my YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, and then um, yeah, pixels. <laughs> Tito, for the love of God and all that's holy, please make me a guest so I can geek out with you and we could talk about anime and old retro games or newer games yeah. together. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put something together. All right, so, man. You got my, you got my Twitter. Yeah. Yep. I'll hit you on Twitter when, when I do it, and I'll probably do that one as a live one. And so instead of like a pre-recorded audio, we'll just do it live. Either or is fine with me, my friend. Nice. Dennis, tell them where they can find you, dog. So I don't have a personal channel like Tito, but I do have a channel with my good friend Stetson Doggett. It's called Best Phone Plans. Um, we talk about a variety of topics, some overlap, obviously, with me and Sneed when it comes to the wireless space, since Sneed is always an avid guest on the show over there. Um, but our primary focus is helping you guys save money. That's Stetson's bread and butter. And... Um, we just recently did a show yesterday talking about the best deals going on for getting the new iPhone 14 and next week uh, actually not next week this Saturday which is tomorrow we're doing an extra bit of content for everyone and it's definitely a show you're not going to want to miss because there is some groundbreaking news covering Xfinity yes that's right Doxus Dennis coming back with a vengeance to talk about Xfinity tomorrow <laughs> nice <laughs> um, so yeah you can check us check us out on best phone plans um, and if you're looking for the best deals in the wireless space I recommend checking out Stetson's website he made called bestphoneplans.net very nice and you guys know me I'm the SMT I wrestle bears and help little old ladies cross the street that's what I do 
and uh, <laughs> I'm hungry. I want to watch the new Thor. Uh, what else do I want to do? And I only got a couple hours to do it because I'm tired. And it was a great show. And you know, Tito, thanks for coming on. Dennis, appreciate you hopping on as well. You guys are great. Big shout out to the SMT Nation. You guys are awesome. We had twenty thousand this week, all because of you. Everything because of you guys. Thanks for all the support. Everybody who ever watched videos for me, liked the video, shared a video, all the subscribers. You guys are the best. Hashtag Mod Squad. Hashtag Two Live Crew. Hashtag Replay Crew. Hashtag Ravioli Gang. Uh, what's your favorite hashtag, Dennis? Do you got one? Yeah, hashtag Telco Jesus. All right, so that's you. Hashtag Telco Poppy. That's me. And then uh, hashtag Telco Tito. He's in the house. We got him. Nice. Oh, we got hashtag Spade for Spade. Nice. That's a good one. How about hashtag uh, Telco Buddha for Peter, the bearded yeah, dragon? Yeah, the bearded dragon. That's right. Hashtag Telco Buddha. Absolutely. Got everybody covered, man. But uh, And just lastly, everybody that donated, you guys are incredible. Thanks for supporting and all that you do. Way above and beyond any expectations anyone could have. Thank you so much. I hope you guys have a great weekend. It's off to a great start. The SMT Podcast is done. We'll see you guys on the next one.